This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Hello folks, Colin Kelly here from Rotoviz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now on the rotoviz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools and sets you up perfect for the NFL season. All you have to do is add the code 2020RVRadio at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. And of course, while you're listening to the podcast on the network, helps us out a lot if you can rate and review on your favorite podcast app. I really do appreciate that. As I mentioned at the start, Road of His Overtime with Sean Siegel twice a week. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to do so after this show. But let's get straight into it. Enjoy the podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. And uh, no Evan tonight. He is uh, at his his evening jazzer size class. We we recorded a little late for him, uh, but luckily I am joined tonight by the legend Hump. You can find him on Twitter at Hump underscore Bumgarner. What's up, man? Dude, it's so good to be here. I'm happy to be uh, back talking about golf again. The the rocket ship emoji is my favorite of all emojis, so I feel like this was just a great time to to talk some golf. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I pulled you out of retirement, so uh, I, I'm I'm very I'm very thankful you uh, you hopped on with me. I know I know last year I think I was supposed to come on uh, the show that you were doing, and and schedules got a little wacky, so we didn't get to do it. So this is our first time actually uh, actually talking, despite interacting on Twitter quite a bit. Yeah, and I'm excited about doing this, man. I love your show. Um, I love the stuff that you do over at Rotoviz, and uh, just happy to be a part of this evening. Thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it, it'll be fun. Uh, before we before we do jump into the buy or sell segment, I just want to remind you guys the all the Rotoviz uh, PGA content is behind the paywall now. If you're not already a sub uh, for the NFL stuff, you can use the code BOGEYFREE when you sign up for a subscription to get a special listeners-only discount. Uh, that'll give you access to all my PGA stuff, the optimizer, uh, all the tools that we've been working on. Um, but it will also give you access to all the NFL stuff and the tools over on that side as well. So it's a, it's a pretty good bargain. Um, so hopefully you'll consider signing up. And uh, with that, let's let's jump into the buy or sell. So 
Our boy Bryson, he is officially the most expensive golfer in the field, $11,700. He obviously has been playing uh, extremely well. He's, I think it's, he's up to six straight finishes in the top eight or something like that. Um, so hard to, hard to make golf arguments against him. Um, but what are you, what are you, what's your general actual like theory on playing the most expensive guy? Uh, I know some people just like, it's just a fade no matter what. Um, are you, are you comfortable paying up for him this week? So in, in general, I'm not a auto fade, the, the highest owned golfer type of guy. However, I usually make three lineups a week and one of them is in like 80% of the contest. So that what I call my main lineup, I, mm-hmm. I usually like it to be more balanced than to have a guy who's 11,700 in it. Right. Um, th- that there. said, one of the three um will have Bryson in it uh, it's super super difficult to not buy him right now I mean his numbers are ridiculous um he's got seven top tens in 10 PGA starts this year which is just insanity um all his stroke gain you know off the tee and in tee to green numbers are wild um I mean if you were going to force me to to nitpick and and come up with a reason to sell them. I would say that for the first time in a long time, I mean, I, I, I don't even see the last time this happened in the third and fourth round of the travelers. He lost strokes on approach in each round yeah. that hasn't happened in a long time. So if I'm going to like grab at straws about why I can not play Bryson, that would be my reason. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fair. I think a lot of people, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of people have sort of been harping uh, on this idea of like, well, you know, he's going to do all this off the tee, but he can't really, it seems like he, his putter isn't with him. And then it kind of flipped last week, right? Like he gained a ton of strokes putting Mm. and ended up just sort of being like average on approach, uh, you know, for the, for the entire week. So that's, that's not necessarily something you love to see. Um, you know, all that being said, if you if you're gonna sit here and say like in this field especially, like you're you're nitpicking Bryson, who's just been tearing everything up lately. It you know he could easily have won a couple of these tournaments since the restart, uh, if not for a bad round here and there. Um, he's like plus he's plus six fifty right now, which is just like completely uh, com- a completely crazy number. Um, and you know, we, I've been doing some work with this, uh, this game theory series and essentially it's just like, if they're over $9,500 and they're going to be the most expensive or most owned guy, then you just, you just don't play them. Um, typically you can sort of hedge out and put an outright on them, but I don't even know if, (laughs) I don't even know if there's a ton of value there either. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. you're not going to get much on the, on the, the other end of that. Yeah, exactly. So I think, uh, I will, I will definitely be underweight. I think I'll probably be about like half, whatever the field ends up being, um, you know, not, not a total fade, but not somebody who, uh, who I feel like is really going to add a ton to my lineups, uh, this week. Another interesting name 
Uh, we have Doc Redman at 8,500, and he on Fanshare right now is tied for the most tags with Bryson. Um, obviously, Doc Redman is not a not a household name. I think that's I think that's fair. I, I'm not trying to throw shade, but I don't think the average uh, golf fan knows Doc Redman particularly well. Uh, but he is coming off an 11th place finish last week, and uh, he was the runner up here last year. So if there's anything that gets the people going, it's uh, it's current form plus course history. Uh, you're definitely going to see some ownership with him. So what are what are your thoughts on on Redmond this week? Yeah, uh, I would agree with you that there's no doubt that he's going to be super uber chalk this week. Um, even though there's only one year of course history, you mentioned his finish here last year. Uh, he was 21st two weeks ago, 11th last week. He's gaining crazy strokes on approach in his yeah. last three tournaments. Um, T to green, you know, more than six strokes in each of his last two. I was looking and he hasn't lost strokes on approach since the first round of the RBC. So he's like locked in right now. You mentioned your game theory piece pieces series, which I started reading today. And so I'm curious before I, before I buy or sell doc, what does the data say about a guy that's going to be Uber chalk at 8,500 bucks? So it's actually interesting. These guys that fit his, uh, this criteria of being 8,500 super, super owned, um, and also coming with a price increase are, have actually historically, uh, been pretty good, uh, pretty good bets. So if you're talking about just strictly guys who jump up, uh, into this price range, it's like, I think it's something like 25, 26%, um, or definitely over, over 21 or 22%, uh, hitting their ceiling. So where it's, both of these things being really owned in this range and seeing a price increase are typically good signs uh, in this range. But that kind of goes against like conventional wisdom, right? Like people are going to just be like a lot of people, you're going to hear a lot of people this week say like, just fade Doc Redmond because he's too owned. And historically that just, it, it hasn't like worked out. <laughs> yeah. The, the thing about Doc is, I don't. I, I never play him in the full format. You know the the four round games. Yeah. <laughs> However, I, every showdown, I'm like, oh, look at Doc Redman. Yeah. He's like crushing everything. So uh, this may be the week. You know where I buy Doc Redman for the full tournament. Yeah, and he's he's a super popular. Like he's always on people's first round leader cards. Like he's that guy, right? Like we. We've definitely seen him go low. We've seen him flash here, obviously, last year. But in general, you'll see, you know, it'll be like a Friday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon. You're like, oh, like Doc Redman's playing pretty well again. And, you know, he, he's made eight of his last nine cuts. And like you said, he's, he's striking the ball really well. So all of those things, like all the golf reasons and the game theory reasons, I think I'm definitely uh, considering going pretty heavy on him. Maybe like, maybe like 2X, whatever his ownership uh, looks like mm. it's going to shake out at. And then our our last guy, Brant Snedeker, uh, similar similar situation here with the course history. I think it was fifth or sixth last year, so people are are interested in that. He kind of, 
I played him last week in my main lineup. Um, and he kind of, uh, he played like decent, uh, Thursday through Saturday. And then was just like, nah, I'm not gonna make any putts on Sunday. I think he shot an even par 70, but, um, he, he fits into this like mega chalk category. And again, game theory wise, um, chalk in this range that jumped up from in price have been good bets. Um, so I feel like, um, I feel like I have to, uh, buy on him a little bit. What, uh, what are your thoughts? So Sneds for me this week, I, I I'm not going to buy I'm I'm selling him. And the reason really is, is he just looks like a mess right now. And he's kind of an interesting player because it's not uncommon for him to just come out of like nowhere and, and win a tournament, you know, yeah. when you're not expecting Snedder car to do that. Um, he gets hot with the putter and he's a streaky putter and he can maintain that for consecutive weeks, consecutive tournaments. And his putter was hot last week. He's historically a better putter on bent. So there's like reasons to like him, but all the other, you know, data on him as, as far as approach and tee to green since golf restarted a few weeks ago, it's garbage. Um, So I'm, I'm going to sell Brant. Yeah, I think I, I mean, again, I, I think that's, I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, his, his approach numbers were terrible last week. Like when I, I knew that he wasn't like sharp um, just from, from looking at his scores, but the fact that he played that he scored as well as he did while losing six strokes on approach is actually kind of impressive. <laughs> yeah. He, he putted his, his brain out last week, which, yeah. which he could do again this week. Yeah, he gained he gained five strokes putting, um, and he's he's been like you said he's been known to do that. He just looking through uh, his last like ten events or so, it's like he's losing two or gaining three and a half or more strokes putting every single time he plays. Like there's not a lot of in between there. So, um, you know, at least he has those spikes going for him. Not like a not like a Corey Connors or something that just seems like he can never figure it out. <laughs> yeah. All right, before we uh before we continue with the show, I do want to tell you guys about our sponsor. Uh there is no so- shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back and betonline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all PGA, UFC, NASCAR, boxing and soccer matches. If you need even more, they have simulated NFL and NBA games going on on their website every day. If you're looking for something other than sports, BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, so speaking of BetOnline, we're going to go back to to our matchup this week. Uh, One of these guys is a repeat from last week, Victor Hovland. but he's we we talked about it before we hit record. He's he's facing off against a, a little bit of stiffer competition this week. Last week he was like a minus one sixty favorite against JT Poston. And this week he is a plus one oh nine underdog against Hideki Matsuyama. Um I am I'm very torn on this. I think Deki Minus one thirty is like fifty five, fifty six percent implied odds. Um, so a little bit, 
a little bit more than a coin flip, but not by much. Um, I think this is one of those spots where you you probably just take the plus odds because it's that close. Um, what are what are your thoughts here? Do you do you feel strongly about Hovland or Hideki? So I like borderline love both guys this week. <laughs> um, it, in this particular matchup, I'm inclined kind of to lean towards Hovland just because he is so completely locked in right now. Um, his last three weeks, two weeks in particular, have been just nuts. Yeah. Uh, Hideki, you know, he, he hadn't played since March. He played at the RBC Heritage, missed the cut. So while I think Hideki is going to be there this week, it may just take him a little while to get going where I feel like Victor is just so locked in right at the start of this thing. So at, with him being plus money, I'm going to side with the Hav on this. Yeah, I think I think that's the that's the way to go. Hovland, for what it's worth, has the second highest power ranking score this week behind Bryson. Um, Decky Decky is no slouch. He he has an eighty eight out of a hundred, so not not terrible, but um, definitely an edge for Hovland there. Uh, and they're right next to each other in price on DraftKings, so it's it's a decision that people are likely going to be faced with. Um, and like 200, if you can't find 200 bucks and you really like Decky, then like, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you just got to figure that one out on your own. Um, let's, uh, let's jump into some pivots here. Um, so we talked about Bryson earlier. Uh, Webb is definitely going to be pretty high owned um, along with Hoblin. Like right now, those are the top three in the 9,500 and up range. Um you know, we, we've talked about each of those guys or two of those guys a little bit. Um, do you feel strongly like you want to go heavy on any, any of these other guys? Um, are you still in on web? What, what are you doing up in this range? So if, if I'm going to pivot off of Victor or any of these guys up here that, that are anticipated to be chalk, I'm going to go to the guy we were just talking about, and that's Hideki who right now in this price range has the lowest number of tags. He's close to web, but he's got the lowest number of tags. Um, and even though he missed the cut at the, at the RBC heritage before that, prior to that, when they were playing golf earlier this year, uh, particularly in February, Hideki looked like so good. Um, yeah. Yeah, he had top five at the Genesis. He was sixth at the WGC Mexico. Like he was really locked in. And I, I don't know, this kind of course where you, you plod your way around and you get the, the ball on the green almost, you know, it, GRI is high here for everybody and yeah. it's going to turn into a putting contest. The deck, he's not a, a, a good putter at all, but I just feel like this is a place where, you know, he could make some noise. So I, I like Hideki as a pivot this week for, for GPPs for sure. Yeah. I, I like that call. Decky, uh, I I played him that first week back, um, probably a little a little bit too much, but it's it's hard to really judge. Like, so you know, the first week back, obviously it was everybody's first start, right? But since then, we've seen guys come back and either just look awful or pick up right where they left off. There hasn't, I don't think, there's been like a consistent trend with these guys after this layoff. Um, so it that's that's sort of been hard now that we've seen most of these guys at least once uh we can we can start to make sort of better decisions on them um 
I, I think personally, I'll definitely have a little bit of Hideki, but I think I'm going right back to the Patrick Reed train. I just, I can't jump off yet. I, uh, I've just been, I've been doing it every week and I know the second that I, that I leave him, he's going to end up winning. So I just can't do yeah. it. Like just the FOMO factor won't allow me to do that. <laughs> that that's a good decision. Cause if you jump off now, he's definitely winning. Oh, for sure. There's, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind. And I do think, I do think he'll be under own. Like he's, he's just sandwiched between, uh, you know, Hovland Simpson and, and Bryson. And I mean, even like this, the ownership could be a little flat up here as the week goes on. Like definitely, uh, you know, my, my ownership projections right now are, are very unpolished because there's, there's just still a lot of time before lock, but, um, I do, I do have Reed as, uh, you know, like the second or third lowest, um, in this range. So he's, he's a guy who I'm definitely interested in if that trend sort of continues. Um, if his ownership gets too high, then I'm, I'm perfectly happy just going, uh, going down to Hideki. Um, this, this next range I think is going to be important. The, the 9,500 to 8,500 range again, because doc is going to be popular. Um, and there's going to be some pretty low owned, um, options in this range in general uh i think harris harris english uh withdrew right he he tested positive he's got the vid he's yeah Yeah. so he's out of there um but is there is there anybody who's jumping out to you uh in this range that you really want to get exposure to not particularly as uh as a pivot in this range it's kind of a weird range uh this week when you're looking to to kind of get off that that eighty four eighty five hundred dollar dock, um, I mean, if you're if you're a guy who plays a ton of lineups and you want exposure to multiple golfers, I think Ricky Fowler and Jason Day are going to be super low owned. Yeah. Um, they're both completely like broken right now, but they're <laughs> they're good golfers. You know what I mean? And this isn't exactly like an elite field, so. If, if, I mean, they can get it going in a hurry, especially against, you know, this kind of level of competition. Um, Jason Day, I, pro- I, I don't think I'd play him unless he asked to get tested for coronavirus because he felt sick again or he blew out his back on yeah, Wednesday what, in a practice round. How that, many, that how many more in. times do you think that's going to happen this year? He's just going to be like, guys, I, I sneezed uh, right after my alarm clock went off. So can I go off the back uh, early and just play by myself, please? Thanks. I, I I think it's going to become a regular occurrence now. Um, he's a he's and I love the guy. I, I hope he could, turns his game around at some point because he was so good back in the day. Um, and it wasn't really that long ago, man. But no, it wasn't. He he is really just broke. Um, and Ricky, it statistically looks terrible. Um, you know, he's the rocket mortgage guy, so I'm sure he's got other obligations. But if you want to get crazy, I'd take either of those guys. If if you want to be a little safer, um, I do like the postman, JT Poston, uh, played well here last year. And the only, uh, you know, uh, uh, the only version of this event played well prior to missing the, the cut at the Travelers. He had two top tens. Um, you know, he never really looks 
good statistically in terms of approach or anything like that, but he's, he grinds and he gets it done. He's won a tournament before. And, you know, I feel like this is a place where he might be able to pop off another one. Yeah, for sure. I, I like that. Um, I think the, uh, I put out a, I put out a piece today on Rotoviz just putting like just showing sort of what the optimizer uh, is telling us just playing around with it and showing some different outputs. And uh, I like Scotty Scheffler is just going to keep showing up um, like indefinitely because his, his uh, he's sort of with a smaller sample, but he's played so well, um, you know, in general, what in the rounds that we have him uh, in the database that he's just going to keep popping. Um, he's coming off a miscut. Didn't look, uh, didn't look terribly sharp. But wasn't like, it wasn't like a disaster uh, by any means, and he was super owned. So I think people are going to back off of him a little bit this week. Uh, I have him for about ten percent ownership right now, and I think that's probably right. Like ten, maybe he gets up to twelve at the most. Um, but I think Kevin Na is going to be popular. I think Tony Finau is going to be reasonably popular uh, in this range, also. Which I don't hate Finau, but. Um, I think I'm probably gonna gonna just keep uh, keep Brian Scheffler and Reed until <laughs> until everything goes to zero, basically. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I love the Scheffler call, man. Honestly, um, it's recency bias for me because I loaded up on him the the last two weeks when he was in the field, and he missed the cut one week, and the the week prior to that he was pretty lackluster. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of like off the the Scotty right now, but I don't think you can go wrong with him. He's going to bounce back for sure. Yeah. I, he's, he's just becoming one of those guys that I am having a hard time finding, uh, finding to quit. Um, from, from 7,500 to 8,500, the last few weeks has been like loaded, right. With, with all these guys that we like love to play and this week, it's like, Brian Harmon and Alex Norin and all of this other nonsense like this field just dries up so quickly it's ridiculous um <laughs> I mean we talked about Brant already and uh, we said he's like sort of acceptable uh I said he's sort of acceptable chalk uh based on the trends um but there's definitely cases to be made against him so if you are if you're selling him where are you going in this range so this is in incredibly scary to admit out loud, um, but I, I love Lucas Glover. Oh week. man, Evan, I, Evan and, would be so happy. <laughs> it is, but it's like so frightening, you know, because it, it's, if I, if I load up on Lucas Glover this week, we know I, he's definitely missing the cut. He's like ejecting on Thursday. Um, but he looks so good lately. Yeah. He's got, you know, two, two, three straight finishes inside the top 25. His approach numbers are out of this world. Uh, last week, especially, his, his putter heated up. Uh, it, just everything seems to be lining up for the glove. Um, he's the perfect pivot if you're into GPPs off of Redmond because yeah. the, the ownership discrepancy is going to be so huge. Um, so yeah, scary, scary, scary. I love Lucas Glover. Uh, Rory Sabatini is another scary name that I like here as well, but Lucas Glover is my guy there. Yeah, I, I can never, 
I can never actually say that I like Lucas Glover because Evan would never let me hear the end of it. But since he's not here and he's definitely not going to listen, then I can uh, I can definitively say that I like that call. Um, I also, speaking of, this is really going to be an interesting week because another guy that I just cannot quit is Eric Van Royen. Um, seems like he just, he has so much uh, DraftKings scoring upside. Uh we saw him, I think it was the heritage. He was like top 25 ish, um, played pretty well. Uh, yeah, I just pulled up. He, he gained a ton of strokes off the tee. Um, so hopefully, hopefully that can continue. He improved after missing the cut at the Charles Schwab. Um, so he's a guy that I'm definitely interested in. Maverick McNeely also, uh, is another guy who can, who can score, uh, birdies in bunches, which I like. Um, I don't know what what are we doing with Brendan Todd? Like he was he was so close last week, and really just had one bad hole, right? Like, and just completely derailed him on Sunday. Um, are you interested in in going back to him at all? So, unfortunately, a lot of times I put too much of my analysis into like the mental game of where golfers are and i wonder like that triple bogey seven you know when you're like 900 pars in a row and you know (laughs) even though dj's birdie and he's trying to give it back to you and you're right there and then you triple bogey seven and i and this is a guy who has like previous issues with just losing his confidence in his game yeah so i I don't. I love Brendan Todd. I I don't want to go back there this week though. I'd like to see him prove me wrong, and then then we'll, yeah, then think, I'll hop back on. I think that's fair. Just looking through looking through his uh, his game logs dating back a few years to like you know 2016. He essentially like didn't make a cut the entire year, and he had like a good 15 starts. Um, and even like through like 2018, really really struggled. Like it's. It's really incredible that he just snapped out of nowhere, wins two events uh, in the fall swing, and then you know, I mean, he 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 faltered a little bit, but he's he's dueling with Dustin Johnson down the stretch uh, of a tournament too. Like three years ago, you'd be like, he's like in you know, he was probably down to like the two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred best golfer in the world, and all of a sudden he's like, he's playing pretty well again, but. Um, yeah, I I do worry about that, you know, bouncing back from that. Um, so I I don't think I've ever played him, and I don't think this is I don't think this is the week that it's going to start. <laughs> yeah, probably probably not. <laughs> um, all right. Do you do you have a a favorite one or two guys uh, like way down at the bottom, uh, at least under seventy five hundred? But if you uh, if you have some deeper ones, that works too. Uh, so Michael Thompson, who's at 7,100, uh, this week is a guy that I really like. Um, he, he birdies in bunches, which is obviously good for DraftKings points. Uh, he had an eighth place finish at the RBC heritage, made the cut, finished 46th at the travelers. The, the thing about him is, uh, over the past, those past two tournaments, he piled up 176 DK points. So like that kind of point output at that kind of salary is something that 
I get a little bit excited about. So I, I like Michael Thompson way down low. Um, I, I like not as much because he's, he's a scary, like he's Corey Connors, but not as good is Tyler Duncan. Um, what a selling point. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. He's like, he's like Corey Connors light, but he doesn't taste as delicious. Um, he, he just gained strokes on approach. If he could ever like even putt average, yeah, but just like field average or blues, like, you know, less than a stroke, then he'd win a tournament. Um, he's also though, you know, the last, uh, three weeks he's, he's been there every week. He makes the cut. He's scoring right around 75 DK points in each one of those tournaments. Uh, so I like him, he's all, he, but he's way more scary to me than Michael Thompson because he, he could eject early. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. I like, I like Thompson too, for sure. Um, that, that piece that I referenced earlier with the uh, taking a look at the optimizer, um, Sebastian Munoz is a guy who just like, just showed up all over the place, no matter what. No matter what I was doing, uh, whether I was locking in, you know, I, I did this thing where I locked in Bryson and Webb uh, and ran 50 lineups just to see, like, the cheap guys that, that get spit out. And they had, um, they had Sebastian at the, uh, the fourth highest exposure. So he's a guy that I'm definitely interested in. Uh, same price. Uh, I think the same price as Thompson, actually, right? 7,100. So uh, he's a guy that I'm, that I'm super interested in. Um, and then going, going a little bit deeper, uh, I'm, I'm sort of having a crisis, uh, of, of conscience with Cameron Tringali just cause he, he looked so, so bad last week. Um, but he had been playing, uh, really well, uh, heading into the break. So I'm hoping that maybe that was just some rust and, uh, and we can, we can get back on the right foot with him cause he was, just a you know a solid cut maker he's way down at like 6600 um so he's a guy that I'm that I'm somewhat interested in uh I think somebody somebody tweeted me about him before because the optimizer is just putting him in like every single <laughs> every single lineup possible yeah Tringali's numbers looked good um earlier this season so and you know he He's, he tends, he, he's one of those guys who like pops off at these weird times and yeah. you know, he's near the top of the, the leaderboard for the first couple of rounds and hangs around for the weekend. Munoz, I feel like is more like he can win. That guy just wins random tournaments. So uh, I like both those guys. They're both interesting. Yeah. And like I said, you know, like what, what do you really need from a, a $6,600 guy who is going to be like two and a half percent owned? Like you need yeah. a, like them to finish in the in the finishing position bonus like in the top 50 basically and they're yeah. probably going to pay off salary pretty well yeah and at a place like this where i mean if you get four rounds in where we're anticipating like you know people are going to be 25 20 15 12 10 like it, they can rack up the birdie points just being there the third and fourth round no matter oh, where they sure. finish yeah definitely all right, so we uh, we got to hit our hit our cash locks before we get out of here. Um, the The typical rules are uh, I keep it to where the guys sort of average uh, out to the average salary per spot, which is around eighty three hundred. Uh, you can you can go any direction that you want. Two guys that you think uh, 
you know, you, you're going to go really heavy on? Do you think it's a mistake uh, for people to leave them out uh, of your of their player pools? So the guy closest to that that price range that I like a lot this week is Tony Fino. Um, and, and I think he will be decently owned. It looks like yeah. if, you know, with the early data coming back from fan share. Um, but, you know, prior to the break this, this year, the COVID break, he, he was locked in and he's a guy, we know he's going to win a tournament, you know, someday, right. He's definitely right. going to win a tournament. Um, and this just kind of feels like a place where Tony Fino could win. Um, he hasn't looked good with his irons the last his last three starts since we started back up, but that's something you know that's kind of getting a little bit better as he goes. Uh, his his off the tee numbers have been good. His around the green numbers have been okay. Um, his deal is you know can he ever putt? Who knows? So <laughs> I like Tony Finau a lot in in this week, and he would be my my main my main cash lock close to that number you're talking about. The other guy that I like who it will def- I will definitely be overweight on, I am every week, um, is more expensive. I, I think he's 9800 this week, but that's some JM. Um, you know, he, he missed the cut uh, two weeks ago, and typical with some JMs, you know, he'll miss one, and then he'll make like 20. So I don't, I don't think there's any chance – uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I think the chances are very small that we won't see Sungjae hanging around for for four rounds this this week, and he's easily, you know, one of the most elite golfers in the field. So I like him to do big things. Yeah, I, you're you're never going to hear an argument for me against Sungjae. That's for sure, especially with with Hovland being so popular, just two hundred dollars more expensive. I think that. Um, you know, if, if you, you could do a lot worse than just loading up on, uh, on Eam. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually stick with, uh, with Eam myself there. Um, cause I do think that he's just one of these guys who, I mean, you know, nobody's a guarantee to make a cut in any given week, but he just seems like a guy that will figure it out, uh, no matter what. And hopefully people are a little bit down on him, uh, heading into this week. And, I, I'm kind of struggling because if I if I pick if I pick Redmond, who I actually want to pick, uh, that's a that's a little bit too expensive. So I'm going to, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna get after it. I'm gonna say Eric Van Royen. I, I think I think this is a good week for him. Uh, we will we will certainly find out uh pretty quickly whether whether that's good because it seems like he's either like he's right in it and like fighting for first round leader or he is like just basically packing his bags on Thursday evening like there's not there's not a lot of in between with him so um i'm going to yeah i'm going to go with that why not and we can we can get a little bit of leverage off of off of Snedeker there as well I like it. I like EVR, man. Like you said, he's he's either going to top five or he's going to eject, but I like his chances at top five this week. Yeah, for sure. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, definitely definitely a good time. Hump is an excellent, uh, excellent follow on Twitter as well, despite uh, our difference in musical taste. 
uh, outside of that, he's a, he's a solid guy. So make sure you're following him at hump underscore Bumgardner. Uh, and like I said, uh, make sure you're checking out uh, all the content over at Rotoviz. Use the code bogey free to uh, get set up with a nice little discount. Any, any parting words for us, hump? Matty J, I, I appreciate you having me on, and you, you got to cut me some slack. I'm an old man, brother, so, of course, our, our musical tastes are going to be a little bit different, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for, thanks for joining us this week, and we will talk soon. See you.